Well, good morning, church. And welcome to University Christian Church. On this very special Youth Sunday, we are so glad that you have chosen to be in worship with us today and hope that this hour is one of hope and a chance for you to grow closer to God as we grow closer to one another. My name is Russ Peterman. I am the senior minister here, and it is my deep joy and great privilege to be able to welcome you to worship today. Our theme for the day, as you will hear throughout the morning, on the back of the shirts, it says, Reform, Reflect, and Revitalize. So, as you know, the last couple of years has been somewhat of a uh, crazy time in the life of our world. Uh, and I would argue that not, it has especially been so in the life of our young people. And so this is an opportunity, we have been using this in preparation for today, to reflect on what has happened in the last couple of years, but also to look at those other areas of our lives, in particular our faith, as we revitalize. So we use this as a pivot point of looking back to reflect, but also to revitalize those places in our lives that we want God to come and to transform us and to make us new. What you're about to hear is nothing less than inspiring. Uh, this will be the third service that we've done this, and so uh, I can speak from experience that you will be amazed throughout the course of the next hour. So if you are in the sanctuary with us this morning, I want to invite you to take this little card that is in the pew pocket in front of you. Uh, in just a few moments, uh, when the offering plate comes by, you can drop that. This is, how we, uh, this is how we take attendance and also how we uh, solicit and invite you uh, to share with us any joys or concerns, any ways that we can be praying either with you or for you. Uh, Please know that every Tuesday, our clergy staff gathers together to look at those and to pray over each and every one. And so we would love the privilege of being able to pray with you or for you. You can drop that in the offering plate in just a few moments. And a special welcome, too, to those that are joining us online. We're so glad that you have chosen to be with us today, wherever you are. And so I would invite you to take just a moment to go to our website, if you're not there already, to universitychristian.org slash live, because there you will find everything that you need for the service. You'll find a way to download the worship bulletin. You'll be able to uh, share with us uh, your joys, concerns. You can register your presence. You can share with us your gifts of tithes and offerings. And so we're glad that you are here and hope that this is a time of great joy and celebration. Join me in the call to worship. Lord God, maker of heaven and earth, we gather, to get, we gather together in your name. We come as living sacrifices to our worship and thanksgiving, our praise and our prayers. Come among us, God, and transform our hearts and minds so we may recognize your presence. Help us to hear your voice, know your will, and walk in your way. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Dear God, you are great. You mend our broken hearts, which are splintered by the sadness of loss. You wipe away the darkness from our eyes so we can see your light. You ignite the flame of joy that burns deeply in our soul. Our minds cannot conceive of the wondrous things which you do, but our mouths can confess our imperfection. At times, Lord, we doubt you, we question you, we rage at you. 
You, however, have given us so many opportunities. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day, for allowing us to gather here, for our struggles and our successes. We pray that you will supply those who are not as fortunate as us, for those who are in war, who are hungry, who are hurting, who are lost. We pray that you will give us the strength to take risk and help those who are in need. We do all these things in your son's name and by the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So from the earliest of times, people have celebrated the ritual of baptism as a way of renewing their spirit, their relationship with God. Through baptism, we are brought into union with Christ, but also with each other and with the church of every time and every place. At the heart of this act, this ritual, is rebirth, forgiveness, cleansing, commitment, and covenant. Now, in some traditions, infants are baptized or christened. It's an act, a decision that is made by the parents. But in our tradition, we baptize believers when they reach the age of accountability. Because these people, these young people, are willing and able to make their own confession of faith, taking their own initiative to take this important step in their own faith journey. And as you'll see in just a moment, we also baptize by immersion. We lower them into the water and then bring them up as a physical and public way of entering into new ways of living, dying to the old ways but being reborn and raised to new life. We immerse them into the ways of faith. It's a powerful statement of faith, but we also immerse them into this community of faith with whom we grow and serve. So for the last several weeks, this group of young people have been meeting with me weekly, listening and learning, asking great questions about what it means to be a person of faith. We've talked about the, the importance of Scripture. We've talked about baptism, communion. We've talked about why there are so many different religions and faith traditions in this world. We ask the question, is there something that I can do that is so bad that God would stop loving me? By the way, the answer to that question is no. And all of that has brought us to this moment. And so it is great joy and privilege that I welcome into the waters of baptism these young people. So Leilani, I ask now for your confession of faith. Do you not only believe, but also trust in God's redeeming and transforming love that is revealed in Jesus Christ? If so, please say, I do. I do. And do you commit to following in his ways of discipleship, loving those whom he loves and serving those whom he serves? If so, please say, I do. I do. And upon that confession of faith, Lorani, I baptize you. Nose. 
I baptize you in the name of the Creator, and of the Christ, and of the Holy Spirit. May you arise and walk in the newness of life. So, Ellie, I will ask for your confession in the same way. Do you not only believe, but also trust in God's redeeming and transforming love that is revealed in Jesus the Christ? If so, please say, I do. I do. And do you commit to following in his ways of discipleship, loving those whom he loves and serving those whom he serves? If so, please say, I do. I do. Then upon that confession of faith, Ellie, I baptize you in the name of the Creator, and of Christ, and of the Holy Spirit. May you arise and walk in the newness of God's love. And Harper, in the same way, I would ask now for your confession of faith. Do you not only believe, but also trust in God's redeeming and transforming love that is revealed to us in Jesus Christ? If so, please say, I do. I do. And do you commit to following in his ways of discipleship, loving those whom Jesus loves and serving those whom he serves? If so, please say, I do. I do. And upon that confession of faith, I'm going to have you turn this way. I baptize you in the name of the Creator, and of the Christ, and of the Holy Spirit. May you arise and walk in the newness of life. So, Wyatt, I would ask now for your confession of faith. Do you not only believe, but also trust in God's redeeming and transforming love that is revealed to us in Jesus Christ? If so, please say, I do. I do. And do you commit to following in his ways of discipleship, loving those whom Jesus loves and serving those whom he serves? If so, please say, I do. I do. Then upon that confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Creator, and of Christ, and of the Holy Spirit, may you arise and walk in the newness of life. And Lily, I would ask now for your confession of faith. Do you not only believe, but also trust in God's redeeming and transforming love that is revealed to us in Jesus the Christ? If so, please say, I do. I do. And do you commit to following in his ways of discipleship, loving those whom he loves and serving those whom he serves? If so, please say, I do. I do. And upon that confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Creator, and of the Christ, and of the Holy Spirit. May you arise and walk in the newness of God's life. Now, Karis, I would ask now for your confession of faith. Do you not only believe, but also more importantly, trust in God's redeeming and transforming love that is revealed to us in Jesus Christ? If so, please say, I do. I do. And do you commit to following in his ways of discipleship, loving those whom he loves and serving those whom he serves? If so, please say, I do. I do. Then upon that confession of faith, Karis, I baptize you 
the name of the Creator, and the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. May you arise and walk in the newness of God's love. Will you pray with me, please? Merciful God, you call us each by name and promise to each of us your constant love. I ask that you watch over your servants, Lilani and Ellie, Harper and Wyatt, Lily and Karis, that you will deepen their understanding of the gospel, strengthen their commitment to following in the ways of Christ, and keep them in the faith and the communion of your church, that you will increase their compassion for others and send them into the world to witness to your love and to bring them to the fullness of your peace. We thank you for their families, for raising them in the church, and ask that you embody your love for them and inspire them in the ways to follow Christ. We pray these things in the name of your Son. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 29 to 31. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the youth will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here ends the reading, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hi. My name is Davis Watts, and I'm a senior at Pasco High School. In the fall, I will be attending Texas A&M University to study business finance. As I began to work on this sermon, the memories I've made within this church community started rushing through my head. My first visit to UCC was when I was not even a year old. The first thing I can remember is sitting in Ann Bowling's preschool classroom and lining up to pick out a shape that would then correlate with where we got to sit for lunch that day. As my time within the church moved on, I was given more and more opportunities to better myself as a person through life and through my faith journey. I have had a rocky faith journey for someone who has spent countless hours in this building, whether it was whenever I would tag along with my mom, the children's minister here, on the 12-hour Christmas Eve days or the countless trips to Home Depot and Walmart in the days leading up to VBS. This church became a second home to me since I was a kid, and everyone in this building embraced me and my sisters with open arms and loving hearts. As you grow up, you are always looking towards the next thing. I could not wait for the day that I would be promoted to the second floor and get to experience Journeyland. Then the time comes and you are officially promoted to the next level, which feels great, until we begin to age out of what we are experiencing and only want the next thing and do not embrace what we, are, what we have the opportunity of experiencing in the moment. In the blink of an eye, I was entering sixth grade and going to the Briarwood Retreat Center for my first big youth event, our back-to-school retreat. Everything was so new to me, the freedom, the maturity, everything was different, but never once did I feel unwelcomed. As my youth journey progressed, I was just ready to get to high school. Sure enough, high school came faster than I could even realize. Freshman year flew by, as the entire lifestyle you're used to changes. The summer after my freshman year, I had the privilege of traveling across the pond to the UK on the UCC handbell trip. This would not have been possible without the people in this room supporting me and my friends, not to mention the countless hours spent parking cars before the TCU football games. Then, my sophomore year came around, and COVID struck. 
A year and a half of online school later, and I was a senior in high school. The time flew by. There comes a time in high school when all of the time you spend at the church in building those relationships becomes complicated. Everyone gets too busy. Outside life, activities, jobs creep in, knowing that you will be living on your own soon changes things. It made it hard to come back. It made it harder to be a part, to make connections, to keep showing up. This past year, I've realized that I have taken these past 18 years in this church for granted. Whether it was a service learning trip I got to serve on, spending multiple weeks at Disciples Crossing in the summer, and even just sitting in Jamie's backyard with all of the high school guys for our weekly dinners. I will never get to experience these moments again like I have over the course of my life. But we don't forget the memories we made in this building and the community outside these walls. These memories are a part of who we are. They're a part of our collective story. These memories are an important part of who I am. It is now off to my next big thing in life, college. I have a lot of hope for the future. I hope I get good grades. I hope I make new friends. Most importantly, I hope that I make every moment count. Our scripture from Isaiah is written to a group of people who are in exile, who are no longer at home but long to be. They have forgotten how much they are loved by God who is always there, even in the, even in the middle of their isolation from home. We can experience this in our everyday lives. Just like the exiles, I too have had times in my life where it all doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You can feel lost. You can feel hopeless. How do we persevere through this? It reminds me of an experience we had on a service learning trip to Los Fresnos, Texas, the summer following my freshman year. On this trip, we worked with Filiberto Piera in Southwest Good Samaritan Ministries. We went to help a family with a kid who has special needs. A family of nine was living in this small house, and the boy with special needs and his caretaker took up the majority of the house. In order to get him to a bathroom, she had to carry him from his bed in the front of the house all the way to the furthest spot in the back of the house. This was a dangerous thing that they encountered every day. With the help of Rodrigo, the family's father, we built the entire frame for a new bedroom that included a new bathroom in it. Over the course of that week, we got to know Rodrigo and his family very well. We would play games and throw the football around in between tasks, and at the end of the week, we had a big fiesta. Rodrigo and Anna cooked us a tr traditional Mexican meal, and let me tell you, we did not leave that fiesta hungry. It was a very good experience getting to meet these people and help them, but this trip impacted all of us much more than we could have ever imagined. Filiberto took us to Catholic Charities in McAllen, Texas, towards the end of our time in Los Fresnos. This was our first experience to witness firsthand what we hear on the news every day about the border crisis. Filiberto walked us through the Catholic Charities building where we saw hundreds, if not thousands of people packed into the small building. Some had been there for weeks, some just days. There was no AC in the building and only a few fans spread out across the whole place. All of these immigrants were just waiting for any sign of a family member to take them out of there. This experience was the most eye-opening experience I've ever had. Just like the exiles, these people were away from their homes, some away from their families, some trying to unite with family. It seems like we should have done more for these people stuck in the Catholic Charities building. Our experiences from this trip did not stop there. Filiberto took us to one of his church wor church's worship services, and we were shocked when he told us his story. Filiberto was once a prisoner in Cuba under Fidel Castro's regime. In his book, I Was a Stranger, Filiberto talks about his 
his experience within Cuba and how he, is, he escaped and started a new life here in the U.S., settling in Texas and becoming a minister and later starting Southwest Good Samaritan Ministries. Filiberto helped others because that is the type of person he is. Whether the people at Catholic Charities knew it that day or not, Filiberto was always watching over them with his multiple trips a week there, doing everything he can for those refugees. Through housing them in his church's attics to donating clothes to them weekly, his actions were always in favor of the refugees because he knew what it was like to be in exile. This church family has always been there for me, through the good and the bad times, even when I felt like there wasn't a place for me. As I begin college, I know there will always be that next thing, whether it is getting a new job, getting married, starting a family, and eventually retirement, there will always be something to look forward to, even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment. And in those moments, I know this church will always have my back and be a support group that I can come back to no matter where I am. The Israelites might not have known it, and we might not know it, but God is with us through every step we take in our life, the good and the bad. But there are also people in our lives that do the same thing for us, people that can make God feel a little more real. People like Filiberto Piera and people like you, University Christian Church. You can find this next scripture reading on page 161 of the New Testament in your Bible. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This scripture reading comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Word of God for the people of God. Uh, hi, my name is John O'Neill, and I've been a member of UCC since birth. I'm a senior at Pasco High School and will attend May School of Business at Texas A&M next fall. I've always had role models looking out for me at UCC and couldn't be more grateful to have grown up in such a great church. The theme of this Youth Sunday is reform, and it's a very relevant topic in the world today given all the dramatic changes of the past several years, including COVID-19. My generation will likely be defined by COVID and how we set about real change in solving global crisis. My perspective of religion and Christianity was shaken to its core by the lack of hope and deception caused by the national quarantine. I distinctly remember society feeling panicked and fearful and everyone was anxious for their futures. News stations and politicians were labeled as corrupt and there was no one to trust. Communities were torn apart and quarantined for months on end and with little scientific knowledge of COVID, people were scared. Tension between black Americans and the police force reached an all-time high, and there were riots and violent protests nationwide as a result. Mistrust in the federal government was so severe that there was an insurrection against the US Capitol because people didn't trust the democratic process. 
It felt as though God had vanished. Despite all the chaos and destruction around the world during the last several years, I do think that God had a greater purpose. From all the suffering and isolation of COVID, the world was forced to reform and adapt. In Romans, it stated that to be transformed through, through a renewed mind, one must make a holy and living sacrifice to God's mercy, not from social conforms. To me, this means that despite the temptations and greed of materialistic society, achieving true enlightenment can only occur through God's mercy. The problem with the world we live in is that American capitalism directly contradicts God's message of community and helping the lesser person. Modern society, specifically social media, causes us to constantly compare one another and look for the tiny details that separate us. God's message of community is about looking for the details that make us conform. If we take a look at who we've been, what's made us who we are, and what our futures hold as Christians, it's ultimately the same story told over and over again. To me, being a Christian means to love your neighbor as yourself. Although that sounds simple, there are situations where it feels impossible to love your neighbor as yourself, and we all fail. Feeling empathetic for the less fortunate is not the same thing as loving them as yourself. To love your neighbor is to assume we all come from the same God and we all share equal worth. Having faith in yourself and others is a mindset, and it is the foundation of hope. With all the pain and suffering in the world, we have to have faith that decent and noble people do exist. And with that in mind, we can play our role as Christians in benefiting society for the better. Peace of the Lord be with you. I invite you to stand as you are able and pass the peace with those around you. So a few weeks ago, I was asked what the church meant to me and why I felt this way. And my immediate thought was simply just one word. Now don't get me wrong, there are several ways to describe what this church means to me. But what stuck out to me when I heard this question was the word community. Ever since I can remember, UCC has played an incredibly large role in my life, and I wouldn't be who I am today without the community that I am blessed to be able to call myself a part of. There are several reasons why I consider UCC a community. For example, the bonds and friendships made here, the special occasions we host here, like Trunk or Treat or Christmas Angels Rap Night, and also the youth program we have here. The youth program at UCC has always been a place of comfort and joy for me, and it wouldn't be the same without the help of the staff and also the congregation as a whole. When you make a donation or a contribution to the church, you are helping the church community thrive and become an even better place than it already is in order to, for, for people to come and share the same feeling of comfort and joy that I experience each week. Being able to provide anything that you can is such a gift, even if it's just your presence. Thank you. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this day in which we can gather together to praise and worship you. Help us live as your disciples who once were faithful and trusting in you. Even though we might doubt or question you, we never forget your undying love and compassion for us. Help us remember that we give not because we have to, but because we may. Amen. Please be seated. The week before Easter, there was a usual spring storm. 
These storms will typically last all night to where we don't get to see the sun go down. This storm lasted mostly all day, but cleared up right before the sun went down. This reminded me of why each Sunday we come to this table, to celebrate how every day Jesus walks with us through the storms of life and helps us to know that through the bad, there can always be good news on the other side. So let us give thanks as we remember on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread, blessed and broke it and shared it with his disciples, saying this is the bread of life, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. In the same way, he took the cup and poured it out and shared it with his disciples, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant for forgiveness of sins. Each time you do this, do so in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this special time in our faith a time when we must come before you and closely examine ourselves. And in doing so, we are to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We thank you because as we carefully reflect upon ourselves, we know that we are unworthy of this, yet you love us enough to allow us to eat the bread which represents your body and to drink the wine which represents your blood. Amen.
So I want to make sure you know that not just did they just perform that, Joey wrote that. I don't know what you were doing when you were 18, but I wasn't doing that. <laughs> so as we get ready to sing our hymn of discipleship, in just a few moments, I want to invite all of the seniors to join with me up front. We're going to do a special blessing. I invite you to be seated, please. So this is an important time in the life of many of our young people, but none more so than our graduating seniors. This is just a few of them. We will be honoring many more of them tonight at a banquet that we'll be having here at the church. But I wanted to take just a moment to say to each of them how much we will miss you, how much we thank you, how much we love you, and no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you will always be home here and that you will always be welcome. So I'm going to invite you just to simply go down the row and tell us who you are and what's next in your life. My name is Davis Watts, and I'm going to Texas A&M University to study business finance. Oh, I'm John O'Neill, and I'm going to Texas A&M to study business. I'm Stephen Coffey, and I'm going to the Oberlin Conservatory of Music to study clarinet performance. I'm Joey Tullis, and I'm going to TCU on a Chancellor Scholarship to study music. Absolutely amazing. So I want to invite you to join me in the litany that is found in your worship bulletin, and let us read this together. Graduates, as you close this chapter of your life's journey, we pray that you continue to be impacted by the grace of God, the example of Jesus, and the movement of the Holy Spirit you have encountered here. Your church family, we promise to continue to love you, support you, and pray for you wherever your journey might lead. We are proud of you. We love you. God's blessings always. Congratulations. So not only is this an important day in the life of our graduates, in the life of all of our youth, but it's also an important day in the life of our congregation because we are thrilled to welcome and introduce to you our new Minister of Students. Now, is there a better day to welcome a new Minister of Students than on Youth Sunday when we baptize a handful of young people? Will you help me welcome Reverend Allison Fitzgerald, our new Minister of Students? My friends, it is a beautiful Sunday, is it not? Yes. Yeah, let's clap to that. Yes. I would invite you all to stand and receive the benediction. My friends, the youth have beautifully and gracefully showed us through their words and their actions what it means to go out and reform and reflect 
and then revitalize. So let those words and the Spirit move us from this place as we go. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround us everywhere that we may go. Amen.